0: Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Varun Paranjape on how to infuse competitive intelligence into your go-to-market strategy. Faroon, Director of Competitive and Strategy at Service Titan. Uh, Varun was previously over at VMware, where he held a number of different roles, including strategy and business operations, as well as solutions marketing, which included competitive intelligence. Varun is a graduate of USC Marshall School of Business MBA program. He enjoys basketball, meditation, and a little table tennis in his free time. Varun, really excited to have you on the show, man. Welcome aboard.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Really happy to be here.
1: This is great, man. So I know we've talked a lot in that, and I've been, I've been trying to get you on here. Uh, this is a great topic. It's one that I keep hearing about all the time is people thinking around how to do competitive, how to get it into their go-to-market systems. And I think it's, it's really um, something that has a lot of confusion out there in the market. People don't really know where to start. I'd really love to, to I guess educate me, and and maybe you can educate the audience as well here as it relates to defining really what, what are we talking about when we mean competitive intelligence. What does that mean to you?
0: Yeah, for sure. You're right. There is a lot of uh, kind of confusion and different ideas of what it means. So to me, competitive intelligence means creating assets and programs in order to support sales and marketing and product to be able to beat the competition. I think generally speaking, uh at most companies, competitive intelligence either sits in the product org um, or it sits in like the sales and revenue org. And depending on where it sits, it's gonna be slightly different. In the product org, it's gonna be more about feature teardowns, uh doing detailed product comparison analysis and how that informs your own roadmap as you go forward. Whereas in the sales org, it's really about equipping sales people with the tools they need to be able to show the unique value that uh, our own product brings versus a competitor and making them aware of the latest go-to-market strategies and offers of the competition so that they can
1: combat that. Totally makes sense. So I guess... And, and this is maybe a, a broad question as well, but I, I love getting getting off on the right foot in terms of foundationally understanding the, you know, the topics that we're diving into. How would you define go-to-market strategy specifically in, in your own words?
0: Yeah, so I think this is another term, right? That's a very broad term, means different things at different companies. To me, it's always had a few key components regardless of where I've been. Uh, there's the marketing strategy. The partner strategy, the sales strategy, and the operating strategy. So, when I think about the kind of sales and partner strategy, it starts with defining those most efficient routes to market for your product or for your company. So, is that direct sales? Is that going through channels? Is that going through resellers? Is it a very partner-driven sale? Uh, you need to be able to think about all these things and be able to quantify and break down how much revenue you're getting from each of these different uh, routes to market and how efficient they all are. Uh, The next is kind of the marketing strategy. So for me, this is all about mapping that customer journey. So you want to think about the buyer's experience all throughout the, the buying process for you. So that includes kind of the demand gen and, and what gets them in in the first place uh, content marketing and, and other marketing and email follow-ups that get them kind of hooked and, and further along the journey, and then that whole customer experience, including follow-up after the sale, uh, in terms of you know expanding their uh, their portfolio of your products that that you're selling, and then of course you always have the operating strategy as well, which uh, includes figuring out things like what your account density should be whether you should have global or kind of enterprise accounts, meaning very focused accounts, you're going to have to do regular annual and strategic planning, monitor all the different important metrics related to go to market and optimize accordingly. And and the last part, which we'll really dive in today, is that uh, competitive strategy, which I already talked about a little bit
1: earlier. Okay, beautiful. I guess let's dive into that because that's really where I think a lot of the people that I've been having conversations with have the most confusion. I think to your point, right, uh, standard, you know, go to market strategy from a sales perspective, a marketing perspective, partnership perspective, people have a pretty good understanding of, of the components to that. But I, I think really where they're, they're missing and there's a disconnect is how do I actually take a competitive strategy? And align it to whatever specific go-to-market strategy I'm operating within. Is is there some sort of framework that you use or some way that we could uh, break down the, the meat of the conversation here?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's really three ways to structure your competitive strategy or your competitive organization. I would do it by product, by competitor, or by segment. I think You know, depending on how big your company is, most likely you can't assign one person to do all of these things. So having this framework really helps um, understand, you know, kind of where you should be dedicating more resources and gives a clear kind of scope of work to what any one person should be doing uh, from a competitive standpoint, what they should be focusing on and where they should be creating their assets, spending their time. Um, You know, I think if your sales motion is really different in a given geography, if you're a global company, you could segment it that way. But I don't think that really applies to most smaller companies. And I I wouldn't really recommend structuring it any other way uh, besides by product, by competitor or by segment.
1: I love it. Okay, Product, competitor, segment. Which one do you want to dive into first? I need to know about them all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so why don't I start by using a product strategy, organizing your competitive strategy or competitive organization by product, because that's what I'm doing at Service Titan. So I'll give a little bit of a, a breakdown of kind of this, the product Service Titan has and, and what Service Titan does first. That'll help the listeners uh, give some context. Perfect. So Service Titan is a field service management software. And our goal is to be the operating system for the trades. So we sell, uh, you can think of it like a CRM or ERP for the uh, for the home services businesses, which includes HVAC, plumbing, heating, and electrical. And we're constantly expanding upon those verticals. Uh, that CRM, ERP includes things like dispatch, scheduling, uh, you know, c- CRM, mobile workflows and everything like that. We're also always looking to serve our contractors the best and give them the best tools they need because this has been a market that's been traditionally really underserved by the major uh, software companies. And and really we want to help these people change lives because they are those first responders whenever your, you know, whenever your toilet goes out or it's cold in the, you know, middle of winter or hot in the middle of summer. They're the first ones to come there and fix it. Uh, so we you know we also offer them additional products like marketing pro phones pro and pricebook pro and each of those products has a unique set of competitors so when i was hired into service titan i was given the task of really building out the competitive function and that was really exciting to me so what i'm doing is I, i'm focusing on those core competitors of our core product offering, so that's going to be our core FSM software. We have a unique set of competitors there. Uh, our marketing pro is a a product that includes email marketing, reputation management, and direct mail. So you can imagine the set of competitors there is going to be very different from the set of competitors for our core product. So it'd be very difficult for one person to be able to effectively cover Both of those, um, you know, both of those products very well. So I'm having, you know, I'm I'm hiring folks to be able to come in and focus on that product, Um, and also the we have uh, phones Pro, which is like a telephony product. Again, that's going to be very different from the the marketing Pro product. So to be able to really provide great value to the rest of the organization and back to our customers. This person has to understand the telephony market and understand the unique value proposition service Titan brings there. Um, So I hope that gives a sense as to why hiring uh, and structuring your organization by product can be very effective.
1: Definitely. So that makes sense. Obviously we're looking at organizations that might not be just like a point solution or something that, um, you know, is is just uh, one dimensional, right? You, you're you're talking about organizations. I think, you know, about Cisco, for instance, and the amount of different technologies that they have, or any of these larger organizations. You're saying they're most likely looking at it from a product perspective, um, so they they need to have you know experts or, or uh, competitive experts in particular to to really understand. A specific landscape that each individual product is is playing within.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. That's that's absolutely the case. And I think you know, at, at big companies, small companies, um, it can be a very competitive landscape if the product is more mature. So you really need somebody that's spent the time or can spend the time fully understanding that that landscape and being able to. You know, understand the unique value proposition that your product brings within that specific competitive market. But I think that being said, in an effective organization, while an effective organization that's organized by product, while there's going to be numerous product experts, everyone should still have a broader understanding of the value proposition the whole company uh, brings. So, I think like at Service Titan, for example, we have a payments product and we have that marketing product I mentioned and that phone's product. But what the unique value proposition is that when you augment them onto the core FSM software, the core CRM, it provides a seamless experience for a contractor trying to manage his business and trying to grow his business. Whereas if you had to piece different solutions together, you may not get that same seamless experience. So while somebody that's focused on kind of the the payments aspect or the marketing pro aspect, they need to be able to specifically talk about how that product differentiates from a competitor in that market. They also all need to be able to tie it back to how everything works together beautifully and how the the value that the whole company provides, um, you know, versus an alternative.
1: Interesting. So it sounds like alignment might be a uh, challenge with a a product uh competitive product strategy in particular and it sounds like it also might be uh i guess a lot of lift right it's, it sounds like a lot of resources um would be poured into something like that is is that always the case for or is that uh, am i reading it wrong
0: no i think that's um you know it, it really really depend on how big the company is and how many products there are out there certainly you know, if a product is small uh, within uh, relative to like the size of a whole company, you could have somebody covering multiple products uh, depending on kind of each person's bandwidth and the importance. Um, certainly, that's probably something I'll do at Service Titan as, you know, some of our products are not as, as large as others. So I'll, I might have somebody start covering multiple products. And then over time, as those products grow and become increasingly meaningful, meaningful. Revenue and bottom line contributors. I will then, you know, have a person assigned to each product uh, over time. So I think it can be resource intensive, depending on the size of the company and bandwidth of any, uh, you know, IC asked to provide competitive intelligence on
1: a specific product. Got it. Got it. Cool. Okay. Very neat. Um. So that's the product strategy. You were talking about what two more, right? Competitor strategy and segment strategy.
0: Yeah, definitely. You can also organize your your competitive organization or your competitive strategy by competitor. So I'll kind of talk a little bit about what we did at VMware. Broadly speaking, uh, is that many of our large competitors actually have (laughs) numerous products that compete with us at with with us at VMware. So one example was Microsoft. Right, they have a product that competes with us in the End user computing space, mobile desktop space, in the core uh, server virtualization market and in the the cloud computing market and more. Right. So, you know, doing competitive intelligence involves spending a lot of time on a competitor's website, uh, ethically gathering competitive information from the industry, from different people in the organization, from former employees, going to trade shows, uh, working with, Third party agencies and consultancies. And sometimes it makes more sense to have a person focused on everything that a specific competitor does that competes with your own product. Uh, So, a specific example I can give from VMware is that um, in the BU I was working on, we had a competitor that was lower priced than us, and they had kind of positioned themselves as being the open stack and free. Choice, whereas like VMware was proprietary and expensive. Um, and this was about providing a solution to the telco NFV market. So, what I did was work with a third party agency to build out a full total cost of ownership calculator. So, this took all of VMware's products that were uh, designed in a solution to serve that telco NFV market, all of the competitors' products that were. Um, designed in a solution to serve that telco FV market and compared the total cost of ownership of both. So that included operational and capital expenses. So on the capital expenses, of course you want to think about the um, software and the license cost of the software, but then you want to also think about support and you want to also think about the hardware you need, right? And uh, through that analysis, without giving everybody all the details, we found that VMware Uh, actually required less hardware. And then you think about the operational expenses. Uh, We felt that our software was absolutely best in class, best in industry, and that it was going to be much easier to use and required less man hours and less expensive man hours because uh, there was a much larger talent pool that could use VMware uh, versus the alternative. So we know when you think about kind of fewer man hours, less expensive man hours, and really being able to quantify that at a detailed level, and then think about the reduced capital expenses you have from you know more efficient utilization of hardware, you can see that uh, VMware was actually much cheaper than the comp- competition when thinking about the total cost of ownership. And this was previously kind of just comparing just license cost of a product or two, when you think about all the products provided by a competitor and everything they bring to the table, uh, this is a good example of how having your organization structured by a competitor can be a very effective way to deliver competitive assets.
1: Very cool. And I, I you were talking about you know developing these programs and developing these you know, specific applications or, or whatever it happens to be, like collateral perspective. I can imagine a a salesperson you know asking one of these uh, subject matter experts on the competition to accompany them on a particular call. If they know that uh, their client or their prospect is, is currently on a particular uh, competitor or uh, is thinking about migrating to one. I mean, that person would be able to holistically talk about the each individual product and and why, you know, your solution is better or um, you know, why like in your point, your case, right. Uh, the, the specific value points uh, that they might not be thinking about. Um, that's very cool. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great point, and that's something I did do, and you know, we do on my team is um, if there is a competitive deal out there and a salesperson requires competitive support, we jump in as that strategic support to provide everything we know about the competition to the salesperson, and then also kind of help the customer overcome any competitive or value or ROI objection. So that's an absolutely great point, Mark.
1: Okay, cool. And then what I guess like uh, you you were talking about the last one being a segment strategy. Uh, do we, it, I don't want to rush it though. I mean, is there anything that we're missing on com- competitor strategy? I do like that one a lot.
0: Yeah, I think um, I don't think we're missing anything big. I think this is probably what a lot of big companies do, uh, beca- big tech companies, because uh, there is so much overlap uh, between products. And, you know, there's a lot of coopetition, as they say, where they compete on some products and, and partner on others. So I think that's probably the most effective for a larger company. And for a smaller company, maybe product strategy
1: or segment strategy is more uh, effective. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you've got a solution that has so many different pieces, you might only be competing with a few other players that can offer that like holistic level of support, uh, you know, you might as well, you know, you're only playing in so many ball games, right? You got to pick your uh, competition. So, so what is the segment strategy then? What's that all about?
0: Yeah, so segment strategy is is all about vertical markets and how they can have a very dedicated set of competitors, and uh, this can also be true for geographies. But in my experience, I th- uh, I'm going to talk more about about specific verticals. So first, I'll start with what's Service Titan. So as I mentioned, Service Titan serves the primarily the plumbing, heating, electrical markets. We're also always entering new markets, uh, specifically things like landscaping or pest control or something like that. And in our case, we have a different set of competitors in each of those markets. So... um, I need to have somebody on my team that understands, let's say, the landscaping market, who those competitors are, and what is the unique value proposition that Service Titan brings versus those competitors. And this can also work with a product strategy uh, because, let's say, our competitor in the landscaping, they also have a marketing product or a telephony product. And we need to be able to uniquely identify what we can bring to somebody that's starting a landscape business or has a landscape business and wants to grow it. Um, we have to be able to talk about what our whole suite of products, that unique value prop we can do. We have to talk about what we've done for similar landscape competitors, sorry, customers and how we've seen their businesses grow and, and then understand what the competition is saying they can do and being able to effectively counter that. Um, and then, Going to my previous experience in VMware, we were competing very much with the network equipment providers uh, in my specific BU and segment. And we had to convince our customers or prospects that our approach to NFV was better than the incumbent way. So this is going to be different from other segments in VMware where we are the dominant player and we have to kind of defend our territory and constantly be innovating and adding value. Uh in this segment, we had to actually show them that this new approach to NFE, which VMware was pioneering, is better than the way they had done it for, you know, decades before, and that our way was going to lead them to be able to be more agile, flexible, being able to grow their business faster and adopt to, you know, 5G, which I believe is going to be the biggest um Investment in capital, you know, pretty much in our lifetimes, and, and we've heard other people say that as well. So I think with that massive shift coming, uh, we had to really focus our competitive strategy by vertical in that case.
1: That sounds sounds pretty niche. I mean, is it? Do you see this one as uh, commonly used as as the other types?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's probably going to be as commonly used as product or competitor, but I do find that. Other software companies, um, they do have to also think about their product in relation to specific verticals. So, for example, the healthcare market is heavily regulated and anyone selling infrastructure or software into that market has to probably compete with a set of competitors that have spent a lot of time optimizing for that regulation. Optimizing for the, you know, bureaucracy for lack of a better word, and if they're not prepared for that, then they'll be in a lot of trouble. If they were used to just selling into lightly regulated markets, um, then they may not be prepared. And and in their other markets, the, you know, it may be a more normal competitive circumstance. But in these kind of competitive, highly regulated markets, some competitors spent a lot of time, invested a lot of money in in making that. Um, you know, in, in capturing as much of that market as possible. So just assuming that your sales motion will work in any different vertical is not really going to apply to any software company, all software companies.
1: Interesting. So I, I get the industry piece. You were also saying geo to some degree. Is that uh, to say like, well, selling to uh, like Japan, for instance, they do business very differently and, and, and uh, you need to be able to, to adjust to it and uh, to know how to, I guess, to speak the language, right? Is is that the case, or am I am I missing it? Is there some other slice of geo that I'm not thinking
0: of? Yeah, I'm thinking. You know, I think those things are certainly true. I'm also thinking of the unique competitors that may be in a given country. Um, so, for example, in the Asia market, uh, you know, like I'll go back to my VMware experience, Huawei is very, very present and they're actually the dominant um you know player there so we had to contend with that and create a set of materials and and programs and strategies to defeat huawei in the asia segment whereas in the us you know huawei is completely banned so whatever we were doing in asia basically had no uh effect in america or very little carryover because that competitor wasn't even allowed right so that's an extreme example but you can probably think of a lot of different Software out there that has to compete with a very regional specific competitor, if it's a global company, Um, and you know, having different understanding your competitors by region can also be an effective way if that's how you staffed your people. So if you have a competitive intelligence manager in EMEA, one in APJ, one in US, uh, that's probably a very effective way so they can locally focus on those competitors and understand how to, um, you know, how to beat them.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. I love it, man. This is great. I mean, it, I love the framework too. It, it makes it really nice and easy to understand how to get started, right? I think a lot of the folks that we uh, we talked to are uh, a part of the viewership here, really just want to know how to get going. And uh, I think you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd kind of point them in the direction of first identifying, are you going to go with a product, a competitor, or a segment competitive strategy? And then work toward, I guess, integrating it into their go-to-market, right? Aligning that to um, whatever the most effective route to, to get their product and service out to the market is.
0: Yeah, completely, uh, completely agree. So figure out exactly how you want to structure your organization and then figure out, you know, what, how that will infuse into your broader competitive strategy. You want to be able to, sorry, your broader go-to-market strategy. You want to be able to tie each aspect of what I talked about into Kind of defining your official routes to market, mapping that customer journey, having the proper sales coverage, and always optimizing your go-to-market strategy.
1: I love it. That's very cool. And I know, and Varun, obviously, you know, you and I have talked for for a long time, and and I know that uh, you know, competitive is, is simply a piece uh, to your to your overarching skill set and your expertise. I'm going to ask you something that I I like uh, getting your take on. We'll we'll have this recording. We'll look back on it in a few years and see if it comes true. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Do you you see any future? Like, what is the future? How does it look as it relates to competitive strategies and people's go-to-market strategies? Like, Is there any trends that you're seeing? That you think are going to take over, or do you think see see the competitive landscape maybe flattening? I have no idea, right? I mean, what do you see from your from your angle?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of different interesting trends happening with the go-to-market strategy and how it ties to competitive strategy. So first, I'll talk about the the market I'm in and the co- company I'm at, and one of the reasons I'm here is because I believe that. Vertical software is going to be increasingly important. And you're seeing that uh, here with Service Titan, really building a full software suite for this, for the home services industry, right? Whereas previously, maybe people thought the best way was to focus on one specific function you delivered, whether that's HR or CRM or dispatch, and just do that across industries. People are realizing that vertical can be a very effective way to uh, serve a certain market, right? And that informs your, your go-to-market strategy. Um, And you've seen effective companies do this, like great companies do this, like Procore, uh, Toast, Viva as well, right? Um, The second is going to be consolidation. So in certain markets, you need so much scale to compete that it doesn't make sense for new entrants to kind of come in and serve a small share of the market. So you'll see big players really start to dominate that market and gobble up the smaller players. And I think you're seeing this with kind of cloud computing infrastructure, of course, with AWS, uh, Azure, Google, and, and others. Um, and then if I if I bring it down a level to kind of what people need to be doing in organizations, I think. Uh, Competitive is going to be an important part of any go-to-market strategy, and somebody that is going to lead a go-to-market strategy function is going to be somebody that's had experience doing all of the important aspects of it, and and been able to uh, spend time understanding you know the right routes to market, mapping that customer journey, understanding the competitive landscape, and of course sales coverage. You're going to need to be able to do all those things to be a great go-to-market strategy leader it's you know i think the days are gone where you can just say hey i I came from the sales world and i've done that before i can lead our whole go-to-market strategy that's just that's just one piece of it so i think that broader skill set and really understanding the competitive landscape and what's effective there is gonna be important to anybody aspiring to be a go-to-market strategy leader
1: couldn't agree more you know you gotta Get your head out of the sand if you think that nothing else is going on there, right? Don't be an ostrich, you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I love it. So, I, is there any like key takeaways that you'd, you you want to leave the audience with? Anything that from this presentation that they should uh, they should really take as a, kind of a kernel or a nugget of of truth from this?
0: Yeah. So, one of my former managers used to say, you know, don't stop, don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do so you may think oh my god i'm just one person with competitive intelligence at my startup i can't cover every product i can't cover every competitor i can't cover every segment you know of course you can not but what you can do is really focus in on on what would drive the most value for your company and this goes back to that that go to market strategy thinking about what your company needs to grow So if you're just one competitive intelligence person, think about what levers you can pull to be able to move your organization forward as possible. So focus on either the competitors that are kind of causing you the most issues or the products that if you were to be more effective in in communicating versus the competition that would really drive your organization forward, or the vertical markets where you're having success and that you can or segments you're having success and you can really push the gas there and, and move you forward. So I would say that again, if you're just a, I see you listening to this out there, don't stop. Don't let what you can't do. Stop what you can do.
1: I love it. Uh, That's great. And obviously, you know, this is sunny side up. So we we're going to ask you to egg some people, who are, who are two other people that you'd recommend that should hop on the show and, and do a podcast? So I'm going
0: to think of two people that I'm very close to and I've worked with in the past. So one is going to be, uh, Ryan Powers. He does product marketing over at Redis Labs. And the second is going to be, uh, Sundish Patel. And he actually has his own technology podcast with, uh, with some, with some great guests as well. Uh, that's called Future Tech Podcast. I think both are great technology experts and can bring a ton of value and to the audience.
1: Oh, so, and Ryan, okay. You've been egged. That's it. Now we got to go grab them and, and bring them on the show. That's awesome. Um, very much appreciated uh, talking. Berin obviously, uh, learned a lot. I always do when I talk to you. How can people get in contact with you after the podcast? Is, is there a, a LinkedIn the best or what, what's the best for?
0: Yeah, for sure. I would say the best way to reach me would be on LinkedIn. I've done uh, consulting on competitive and go to market for smaller startups before. So, you know, that's something I'm uh, interested in if the opportunity is right. So you can reach me for that. Or if you just have general kind of questions about competitive, you can reach me on LinkedIn as well. So I think that's the best way for folks.
1: Awesome. Varun. it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. It's really awesome what you've been able to build here with Sunny Side Up. Really love what you guys are doing. And thanks for having
1: me on again. All right. We'll have you on soon too. Thanks. Take care.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.